It hurt really <laughs> bad, dude. It burned. It hurt. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Wow, I am really high. <coughs> oh, shit. And we fought hard. It's very slippery and very hot. Very hot. Very hot. So hot. The hottest, in fact. In all known bowls. Hottest bowl in December. The hottest bowl. (laughs) (laughs) On just your typical Tuesday night. 12-15. Yeah, episode 53. Here we are. That's right. It's the Ides of December, people. The Ides of December. I love Missouri weather. Because we went from 60 degrees down to 32 degrees. And now we're going back up to 58 degrees. What a yes. roller coaster. You gotta love it. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Of course, the day it was 32 degrees was the day that your photographer sister wanted to do family portraits outside. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's pretty much how she picks them. Yeah. We, we want survived. The coldest, the coldest possible time and place. You know. Not a cold was gotten either. Let's see what our dot W is telling us. Mine seems to be malfunctioning in the bowl. Malfunctioning in the bowl. I know. There it is. Here we are. Yeah, it's a balmy 27 degrees here. <laughs> That's two below for you Canucks. 2.4 degrees below zero centigrade. A centigrade? Why don't you Americans catch up with the rest of the world and use the metric system? Nothing. Well, because inches <laughs> is fine for me. Inches was fine for my daddy and his daddy, and inches is good enough for me as well. Oh, like my 12-inch footlongs, okay? All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's better by the dozen. We don't know why. We just know that it's true. <laughs> hey, we ate in a restaurant Saturday, too. We did. We after ate. our family Christmas pictures we, were taken. We dined in. Yeah. All-you-can-eat tacos. At Dixon's Chili. Yeah, D-I-X-O-N. That's right. <laughs> you teased me for that because my uh, great-grandparents' last name was Dixon, D-I-X-O-N. And D-I-X-O-N. I always have to say that. I don't know why. I'm just triggered into spelling it like that. Like, that's not the uh, common spelling or whatever. Yeah. Dixon Chili, they're 100 years old this year. Yes. And serving not just to go, but also dine in. Yeah, you can sit down and eat. Yes. Local. And it's the standard, you know, wear your mask to walk to the table. <laughs> yeah, but they weren't too bad about it. When I got up to hug everyone goodbye and didn't put my uh, yeah, anything said, on my face. Nobody said peep. Nobody's in the mood. No. Nobody's no. in the mood. And the people who are scared don't go out anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Correct, yeah. yes. <laughs> we saw that firsthand. Yes, we did. Oh, Oy. my good God in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, there's a family member. We'll just leave it at that. A f- family member who was uh, too, thought there were too many people in the restaurant and decided they were too scared to go in. If you're a scared motherfucker, go to church. So we said to their partner, oh, that's too bad. That's a bummer. Good to see you. Bye. He's too scared to come in. Yeah. Get some to-go food and sit in your car like a loser okay. then. Okay. Ah, that's fine. Do? That's fine. 
That's, that was the plan is to go sit somewhere and get a drink or food or something. Yeah, hot beverage on a but cold then, day. I guess they had to take into account that like people would be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, other humans at a at a <laughs> I know. at an eating establishment. I was like, anywhere that you can sit down to enjoy food is going to be full right now because I mean, our options are very limited. If I can sit down, other people can sit down too. Yeah, that's kind of typically how it's always worked. People forget, man. I, it's that's the thing that just astounded me about this whole year and this whole whatever the fuck COVID you want to say, is people can just be reprogrammed at a drop of a hat. All the rules change and just go out the window and it's like all of a sudden we're just like living a life differently based on different things. Some people, it's it's astounding to me how quick they just switched to a different script and just bought it, just gobbled it up, just oh, the way that we get sick is completely changed. It's totally different now. Oh, There's a curfew. Uh, all all the other sicknesses that are out are, uh, you know, nothing compared to this new one because it's new. Oh, it's new. It's scary. People are dying. You don't understand. People are dying. I can't wrap my fucking head around it, dude. It's no. still just hard to figure out for me. Remember freedom? People are suffering. People are dying. That's right. Same as always. People are dying. But, but I, I guess they cured the flu, right? Like, mm. there's no flu deaths this year. Yeah, it's they're not even all COVID. <laughs> uh, the big news in Kansas City around the COVID was that um, the flu, I mean the flu, yeah, the flu vaccines. No, the COVID vaccines came in. And the first nurse in the metro area got one, and maybe 40 others. I sent you a clip. Oh, boy. I sent you a clip. I love it when you send me those clips. I'll have to pull it up here. Yeah, it's wild, the COVID thing. With the vaccine, people will literally, like, get this nose-in-the-air superiority about, oh, you can't can't believe those people in Jonestown drink all the Kool-Aid stupid fucks and then they'll go get a fucking vaccine. <laughs> yeah, they'll stand in line for one even, like, you know? Like <laughs> they'll like call you a racist for not getting a vaccine. So there's three webs here. Yeah, know? play the first vaccine. Okay. With no number. No number in it. Nurse Keel didn't know until today that she would be the first to face the needle. Something she says didn't hurt any more than a flu shot, but meant so much more. Oh my god. To be honest, I got butterflies. It was really exciting to get to <laughs> It, it feels like yep. a little bit of hope, a little bit of light, um, a little bit of chance that we might start to see some see some healing. Not bad at all. Voice checks out. Hope, yeah. light, and healing, wonderful things. The hospital's chief medical officer said they intended to have about 40 people lined up to get vaccinated today. He would not say exactly how many doses they received at the hospital today, but said that they expect to get weekly shipments hereafter. Weekery shipment. All right. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Yeah. You got a big enough refrigerator for all that shit? I hear it's got to be kept uh, rather... Yeah, it's like negative 94 degrees. Mightily cold. Mightily cold. And of course, they're all wearing their masks this whole time. (laughs) There is a picture floating around uh, that I did not realize was from Truman Medical Center. I saw it on the No Agenda Social today. Uh She got this done at Truman Medical Center. She's a nurse there. And it look, it's so gross. The place where they did this, where they like had the you know press there to take the photos while she's getting jabbed, it looks like a warehouse. Oh, so like the room is gross. Yeah, it doesn't look sanitary at all. Ugh. 
it's like insanitary. I don't know. Yeah. Insanitary. It is insanitary. That's for sure. It looks like it might be off the parking garage or something. I mean, it's like real creepy looking. So, and then I didn't like how they said she didn't know she was going to face the needle today. Like, they're just like, hey, please come to my office. It's your turn. You've been chosen. You have been chosen as the first nurse to get the vaccine. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I I mean, I'm not in that business, you know, and I, uh, I would just be like, fuck no. And then yeah. they'd probably be like, no, you've been chosen. And then I'd have to run out. Ah, you can't jab me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Facing the needle kind of reminded me of that sharing the needle that we used Ooh, to do at the fugue. <laughs> that was a fun event, though. That yes. was the vinyl. It was a weekly vinyl party, and we called it Sharing the Needle. That's the only time I've commissioned an artist to make a poster for me, just because I dug this kid's art. He's one of my buddies. I'll put it in the chat, because I just remembered it, and I know where it is now. Very nice. I kind of wanted it to be like spark outrage or controversy or garner some kind of throwaway headline that's why i called it that and like made the poster like it's basically a dude with his arm tied off and there's like a mad scientist doctor dropping like a a phonograph needle onto his arm so it's like the 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 needle and entendre is there but it's not all the way there but you know no one never said peep because it's columbia (laughs) this isn't this isn't exactly like super radical over the line for them but I don't know. It was worth a shot. It was a fun vinyl party. Bring your vinyls and play them. So vaccine, huh? Uh, Yeah, I've got another vaccine clip. This kind of... <laughs> I shouldn't say it shocked me, but it did. The numbers they were throwing out. Shocked to find gambling going on? <laughs> yeah. Play vaccine two for me. And it doesn't do any good in a bottle on a shelf. And the only place the vaccine does good is when it's injected into people's arms. No. Most Americans say they will, quote, definitely or at least probably get the vaccine. That's according to a new survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation. 71% of those surveyed now say they would either get the vaccine or would likely get it. That's an increase from the 63% we saw back in September. Likely. Survey found black Americans, people living in rural areas, and Republicans are more hesitant about getting the shot. Yeah, 71% <laughs> first of all. I was like, holy fuck, who did they... Who took this survey? It wasn't me. Black Americans, rural Americans, and what was the last part? I think she said Christians. Christians? I don't know. I, I don't could think have was been Christian. imagining no, was that. Conservatives. Survey found black Americans, people living in rural areas, and Republicans are Republicans. more hesitant about there it is. The oh, okay. <laughs> Republicans. Yeah. Yes. Goodness gracious. That's too many people. I posted... Um, 71%, bro. I can't wait, though, if there's like any kind of... Even tiny complications, man, that's going to be funny. Oh, that's going to take out a lot of people if 71% are planning to get it. Jeez. Bro, I saw the Bell's Palsy memes. That shit was hilarious. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite was the one you showed me where they someone photoshopped the cigars into their mouths. On pole, yeah. Oh, They put cigars into the Bell Palsy people's (laughs) mouths and (laughs) just were quoting like, you'll get the vaccine, see? It's totally safe and effective, see? (laughs) Oh, Christ. Just a poke and a one, two, three, see? <laughs> well, yeah, I also saw people saying, well, that's all right. You know, we all have to wear masks, so no one will even notice. <laughs> uh, just four people got it. It's only four people. Only four people. It's only uh, 
It's only a microchip. There was a gal at my church who had shingles, and one of the side effects of the shingles was Bell's palsy. So she Ooh. had like the weird face for like a month or something. Oh wow! But it oh, went away. Whippity huh? bippity! It did go away eventually. <sighs> I hope I hope the other Bell's palsy goes away eventually too. That's yeah, what I hope for them. Me too. But I don't know. The, the vaccine is very <laughs> Mayor's uh, side effects fishy. not be super painful or super lasting. Okay, so they pointed at the black community as not wanting to get the vaccine. Yeah, shame on them, and right? I saw that some hospitals in Boston like may or may not have paid dancers to go out and like dance in front of the hospitals to try and like stir up some interest from black folks yeah i was like i posted it on the no agenda social i was like but this isn't racist (laughs) like what (laughs) they could have only made that better if they had been giving out buckets of fried chicken like what the fuck work for science yo yeah but it's like specifically aimed at black people like how do we get them to get jabbed ah we can just dance they see us dancing they're gonna want to get the vaccine yeah that makes sense no. Joints for jabs. <laughs> joints for jabs. We on a joints for jabs program. Come get your joints. We'll oh. give you the jab. You get the joint. I got one last clip regarding the vaccine, which is a local news' take on the question of, will I be able to take my mask off if I get the poke? And one of our viewers, Shirley Scott, asked me, do I still need to wear a mask after I get both doses of the COVID vaccine? Good question. The answer is yes, and doctors do tell CBS News they're well aware this will be tough to enforce, but it's important. They say the evidence that we can safely stop using masks just isn't there yet. Here's why. The trials only measured how many vaccinated people get sick with COVID. They did not in any way measure whether or not you can still be a silent carrier and spreader of the virus after getting the shots. Here's why you can still be a spreader. And stick with me here. It's kind of confusing. Immunologists at Stanford University who spoke to the New York Times explained in respiratory illnesses, including the new coronavirus, the nose is the main port of entry for the virus particles. The virus multiplies in your nose and then jolts the immune system into producing antibodies that can move throughout your body. So if you get it a second time, the antibodies shut down the virus in your nose before it gets to the rest of your body. Here's the issue with the vaccine. It's injected deep into your muscles, say in your arm. My so far, researchers <laughs> confirm the vaccine is successful in making antibodies and keeping people from getting seriously ill. But it is not clear if those antibodies created from a vaccine will travel from your muscles to your nose. That means you could still catch the virus, be fine, even though it's still alive in your nose. It's alive! it or breathing it onto others. Experts add this is why mucosal vaccines that go directly into your nose, like flu mist nasal spray, Ooh. are better than muscular vaccines. So good. Those would ensure you don't get sick and the virus dies upon nasal entry. The next round of coronavirus vaccines, or perhaps a nasal booster down the road, may offer guaranteed immunity. But for right now, researchers say they cannot confirm the shot will do that. Now, once enough people have the vaccine and herd immunity is achieved, likely toward the end of 2021, masks will likely be able to be worn less frequently. Less frequently? End of 2021. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry I didn't clip it. I just really wanted to laugh at the guy's lisp. Well, I mean. It was two minutes of lisping. We had that. You had that down. The lisp. (laughs) Successful. (laughs) Super lispy. I shouldn't make fun of people. I have a slight lisp after I got my teeth straightened. 
But I think that, I I told you, I've seen that. I mean, he's a local news guy, and Mm -hmm. the lisp is kind of sudden, so I think he's going through the the teeth straighteners, the plastic ones, you know? Oh, sure, the Invisalign things. But the uh, 3D printed ones, like I went through. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what the actual term is. Smile Direct. There's a bunch of brands for them, but... Yeah, just and called so I was just like, dude, you gotta take those retainers out while you're performing, though, because just slip them out and you can so, slip them right in after the broadcast. There's so many s's, Christ sakes, <laughs> muscles, nose. But anyways, when he's no one's like, gonna take you serious. He's talking about how he's like, you know, if it was one of those like nasal inhalation things, it would actually kill the virus and you would be right. good. And I'm like, well, then why the fuck? Are- <laughs> What are we doing? What are like, we doing? We are, uh, we are taking a virus. Uh, excuse, we're taking a virus. I mean, yes, well, yeah. taking a vaccine that doesn't get us. I saw. I saw other stories of like, well, you can't just travel. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't just travel right away. Uh, you can't not wear a mask. Uh, there's no. You shouldn't just abandon all precautions. Okay, well, I've already been doing that. So <laughs> yeah. fuck you, number one and number two. What's the point? What's the point of the fucking vaccine then? It doesn't save exactly. me. It doesn't keep me from getting the virus. It doesn't keep me from catching the virus or spreading it to other people. What is the fucking point then? Will someone please call 816-607-3663 and tell me what the fucking point of that is, please? It's a press release. That's what it is. That's all it is. Jesus. It's a PR. I don't understand. Call 816 a fucking permanent clown world, bro. I also would like to just mention there is a headline today. Pfizer's CEO hasn't gotten his COVID vaccine yet, saying he doesn't want to cut in line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, none of them guys are cutting in line. Uh, they're so fucking thoughtful. Bill yeah. Gates and so selfless. Uh, Fauciacini sacrificing their vaccine for the less fortunate. What brave souls they are! What brave souls! Meh. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, they'll only jab me over my dead body. So it is crazy time, <sighs> man. It's crazy time. It is crazy time. You want to hear a crazy local story? always um okay so i my family on the east coast mailed us some boxes of christmas presents and i know this is a bad time to be mailing the presents you know because everyone's mailing shit especially this year because people some people are too scared to travel well a postal worker here in the city was just indicted for stealing mail and depositing $270,000 $270,000 worth of customer checks. Oh, my God. I know. And so then I was like, did he steal my mail? But it was between uh, June and August, I guess. Shit. Yeah. June 13th to August 6th of 2020. In one month, he had almost $300,000 from stolen checks. It's incredible. Yeah. That's a damn good paying job right there. No shit. Oh, my gosh. That kind of reminds me of the other guy that just got busted. Yeah, it says he removed checks from the open mail. He would open mail, remove a check, and deposit it into his own bank account. I don't even know how that can happen. It's like the checks say who they're to. (laughs) There's no checks and balances on the checks, clearly. 
But yeah, that does remind me of a story you showed me earlier. Yeah. Are I you guess you gotta save it? it for the segment or Oh, we can save it for closer to the end of the show. That's a real funny one. Okay. Don't publicly air Try not to throw your air. mojo off. Uh, you know what? what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, well, there's been uh no shortage of Christmas music here at our house with our vinyl collection and two little kids who try to sing all the Christmas songs and don't really know what they're singing. But uh, I brought some joy to the East Coast family because they were saying that only one radio channel plays Christmas music up there in Massachusetts. Week 106.7 WBXR, Boston. And they were like, there's no Christmas music. They're not playing Christmas music in the stores or anything. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with you people? So I sent them this little uh, sound bite I made from the girls riding in the car the other day. Okay, let's hear it. They're speaking a different language. Yeah, it's kind of painful. We don't have to listen to the whole thing, but... <laughs> you get the idea. But if you lived in a place that didn't play any Christmas music, that would put a smile on your face. Yeah, definitely. So if you've been in a Christmas music uh, desert, there you go. <laughs> Deck the halls with Mecco Pesto, whatever that is. Pesto bestine. Great stuff, man. Yep. Yeah, maybe next week I'll bring you uh, Rilo's rendition of Jingle Bells. <laughs> she actually knows the words to that one. She just doesn't know the rhythm correctly. They so. both will say, shut up, slave, like at the proper time. Yes. With the no agenda show now. So. Yeah. As they're playing the ISO, both girls say, shut up, slave. So the formula is officially <laughs> propagating. Yes. To yet another generation. Propagates early. Oh, I have a Christmas gifts uh, clip for you to play. Christmas gifts. Yeah, this was news to me. Okay. If you have not sent out those gifts yet, if you're planning to use a ground shipment, today is the final day to ship to That's make sure today. it gets there by Christmas. That Thanks deadline for is for us know, yes, FedEx face. and the Postal Service. Yeah, that's all of them. We're fucked. My Nana's not going to get her Christmas present. UPS, FedEx, and the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. Can you give us like a week? Wouldn't that have been nice? But then that made me feel about a little bit better about these missing presents of ours. Oh, yeah. Six boxes were sent at once, and I got three of them. And then I was like, where are the other three? No, they're just delayed. They do this every year, and they still don't know how to fucking do it every year. Yeah. Well, oh, well, come on. Now they have to be heroes and ship the virus and all these big containers and shit, right? It's like fucking Balto, but people. Yeah, yeah. Right after they had to (laughs) bravely ship a bunch of fucking fake ballots all over the country. Yeah. And with that, I suppose I should tell you that the magic number popped up in, <laughs> in a uh, forensic audit from Michigan, where one of the counties had 33% of the vote magically switched from Trump to Biden. Well, I'll be goddamned. How about that? Yeah. Surprise, from, from, surprise. You said it was from which way to, huh? I don't have the county written down. Uh, from I'm Trump a to Biden? The votes switched electronically from Trump to Biden. 33% of you know, it's funny Trump's that you, votes. You never hear 
oh, even I've not yet heard of one vote that got switched from Biden to Trump. Isn't that like weird to you? I think we should be talking more about the votes that went from Jorgensen, Jorgensen, you know, the libertarian to Biden mm-hmm. <laughs> because or Kanye. Yeah, what happened to Kanye's votes? Kanye's votes got sucked up into the, the Biden machine, bro. Oh, they put them all in Biden. He should have. He should be making a stink. Go tell Kanye. Hey, go find those votes. He is making a stink. They're just not playing it. They're just not hearing it. I'm sure he's pissed. Fair enough. But I mean, you know, uh, he's going to run do? again. Brought a kid. Keep going. Why not? Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him, man. I, I mean, saw today that. Uh, that dickweed Roy Blunt working with Mitch McConnell to discourage Republicans from challenging the election results. Um, mm. It's like, have these, have these guys not been paying attention to anything? Um, are they not Trumpy? I mean, obviously not. No, they're not. I was calling them. I had to call them today. I had to call my two senators today. Tomorrow I'll call all the reps, all fucking eight of them. I don't care if they're mine or not. I'm going to call around. Because this is just like, it's go time. Right now, it's go time. Okay? I thought it was fucking crazy sauce yesterday because they sent the they sent the electors in, right? And six, seven states, I think it was seven, from what I saw, uh, sent dueling electors, sent competing electors. Okay? So there are separate slates in a number of states. That is officially contested stuff. And I couldn't find the shit reported by anybody. It was pathetic. Oh, no. Nobody's reporting it. No contest in the mainstream. all over. Nobody's putting it on at all. I think a few people in the late Fox, like, uh, um, I don't know, Piro and, and some people like that. Lou Dobbs is like the only guy that'll say anything. It's like crazy. It's wild. It's like, this is kind of interesting stuff that doesn't really happen all the time. I called up Roy Blunt and I sent him an email because I just like, man, look, what, what I wanted to stress to these guys is when we see this shit, when we see that you are welcoming President-elect Biden and pretending along with him, and when we see you squashing efforts to try to like find and address fraud, like actually fix the problem, fix the fraud, we have no choice but to take that as a signal that you're in on the fucking shit, that you are yep. in on the fraud. Uh, I'll just read you the email that I sent them because I first I called him like right away in the Kansas City office when I read the story because I was just so pissed and I wasn't really ready. I didn't have anything typed out. Usually I do it like a little bit better, a little bit smoother. But I was just like, I'm just calling. Tell Roy Blunt like you tell him fight for Trump because I see he's working with McConnell to tell everybody to stop certifying the results so then i had to get on and like send an actual form letter but i just said i contacted your kansas city office today by phone and left a message with a staffer leave that zip code yes i am your constituent here's my zip code if you're calling from out of state just google map a zip code but wanted to follow up electronically because this is such a vital issue to me i was dismayed to read the news today that you are joining mitch mcconnell in an effort to discourage Republican leadership from contesting the obviously fraudulent 2020 election results, Mr. Blunt, we need strong leadership. We need men and women of courage to stand up for the voters of our country. Any move you make, including those made today, to certify fraudulent votes or welcome in a cheating candidate to the office of president will be taken by us Missourians as a signal that you are in on the fraud 
and aiding and abetting foreign influence on our elections. The very least you could do would be to recuse yourself from any further endorsements of the fraudulent Biden-Harris team. But what would really make Missourians proud would be to see you stand up and support President Donald Trump at this crucial time. We are watching closely, and we will not forget how the next six weeks unfolds. Respectfully and sincerely, Spencer Pearson. I am not satisfied with this fuckery. I'm not at all. And what what I want bare minimum are just answers to the obvious questions, to all this fraud popping up. Let's get answers. And uh, duh, they don't want to give you answers because the answers are very, very troubling. The answers are fucked all the way. And the more of this shit that goes on, the more obvious it becomes. The more that they just fucking don't even address it, they're totally ignoring it. That Republican leadership is being like, guys, guys, don't really fight this, okay? <laughs> Fuck that. I called... Uh, Babyface right afterward. What the fuck's his name? Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley. I called that son of a bitch right afterwards to make sure. Hey, I don't want to, and I got a, I left a message there. And so since I had already typed my Roy letter out, I kind of was reading that for reference. And I did a lot better one for fucking Hawley. But uh, basically I was, uh, I was just telling him, dude, I called Roy Blunt. He's fucking up. I cannot see your name in a similar story before week's end. Like, do not jump on this douche wagon with Roy Blunt. I mean, Roy Blunt, he's old fucking yeah. Missouri political, compromised as fuck. We, that's no news. That's no surprise. But don't follow down that road. And I was like, don't be afraid to back Trumpy publicly. Like, don't be afraid to. This is what we want to see. We want to see that you're not bought and paid for by the Chicoms, like all these other fucks. And, you know, you were are a senator, and there's only a hundred of you assholes, so the chances that you're not totally bought and compromised are pretty fucking non-existent, if you want to know my actual opinion. <laughs> but I'm still going to ring. I'm still going to leave him the thing. I'm still, you know, I'm paying attention, and I know your number, asshole. I know your uh, office number. That's how this works, you know. I can't stress enough to you, and I know I've said this on the show before, but it doesn't really take that many calls for staffers to be shitting their pants because staffers are like very emotional uh, and pretty much all they do is answer emails and phones. It's like almost their only job, even though they act like their job is like super hard and fucking involved <laughs> and stressful and shit. They, they like carry papers, they make copies, they get coffees and they answer the phones. And if everybody's calling in about one topic in one given day, it's just like you get the you get the uh, staffers all worked up, and then they're like, "Oh my god, people are calling! Oh my god, people are calling!" And it really starts a snowball. That's really the the payoff is so much bigger than the cost and the effort, which is almost nothing to just pick up the phone and call. And even you know, it doesn't take it takes a two sentence message and your zip code. So everybody should be calling their representatives all the time just for what the, when the fucking winds blow and you're, and you're unhappy with something or when you want support for something or whatever. I always try to bug them. But you bet your sweet ass I called right when I saw that Roy Blunt story. I was like, no. I mean, Missouri's been crushing it in the headlines before. Missouri hopped on as a plaintiff in the Texas thing before right. that got uh, all pafoofed. Which, by the way, how wild is that? I mean... That case had been barely filed since the last show and then also got dismissed before since the last show, you know? Like, yeah. That was like, uh, I don't know, what can you say about the the Supreme Court Texas thing? I've heard it mansplained so many different angles, but <laughs> the emotional ride that that was was fucking a lot for a lot of people. 
And when you get down to brass tacks, none of these, we're not fucking lawyers. You know, and even the lawyers don't know. None of this shit has happened since, you know, for 150 years minimum. We're talking about precedents in like the 1860s or 70s for some kind of contested election. It's like, what are you going to, what are we going to do? We just look at the tweets. We make the best, uh, we make the best inference. But I think that uh, two things we can say for sure. One is that the fraud and even more so the potential for fraud. If you don't even want to believe in the fraud, we'll start at the potential for fraud with the software on these voting machines and the ballot scanners. If you haven't seen the video floating around of the educator in Georgia showing how uh, education works, showing how when the system kicks you a ballot that's oh, say it's blank, or oh, say it's overvoted, or say there's any problem, then the the user of that software, the election official, can just check boxes and then say, okay, and say, oh, there, we fixed it. And they can vote for anybody doing that. Now, they're finding a damn near 70% rate of educated ballots Jeez. in a lot of different counties where audits have actually been performed. The one that was famously released yesterday even though not really many people are talking about it, it's big suppression going on. You'll see it in all the usual right-wing media suspects, but, you know, nobody regular is talking about it. It's, it was something like 68% of the ballots got flagged for adju- uh, adjudication. So 68% of those votes were, man- you know, potentially manipulated or tampered with just by somebody clicking on a screen what checkbox that they want to check. And then there's no paper trail, there's no audit trail, there's no way to know who selected what, when. It's just, oh, this is the ballot now. And it's the digital image stored on the system. That's it. Crazy. It's fucked. It's fucked. There's no way you can run an election like that. No. It doesn't even meet the FEC standards. So it got approved substandard by who, for what money. That's something that we need to know. That's something that a lot of these louder assholes out there seem to be pretty confident that they know who and who paid for it, especially in Georgia. Seems like the governor and the secretary of state ushered that shit in last minute for a little finder's fee. Hmm. Little finder's fee. But uh, if you've been listening for a while, you'll know that we are still on Praying Mantis Energy with the eyes and the ears open. And it's not like, you know, we have all the fucking answers either. But uh, we know a few simple things that are easy to know. Uh, and w- there's no way you're going to pull the wool over our eyes on this thing. If we don't fix this, and this has been my this has been my thing since like the week at the show that we did after the election. If they don't fix the the steal, if they don't fix this fraud, and put it back to where it's supposed to be, and punish the people who did it, who tried to, who tried to pull this thing off, we'll never have it. We'll never have. We'll never have our free country that we barely have right now. We will never ever fucking have it again in our lifetimes. This is our shot versus just picking up a phone and calling. It takes nothing. So I definitely, definitely encourage you to get all pissed off. The reason that they keep trying to scream and say Biden won and it's over is exactly to get you feeling like there's no point in doing that. Demoralization campaign. Exactly. When you flip that on its head and you demoralize these idiots... You light a fire under their ass and say, oh, uh, these people are still pissed off. Then, you know, we're not just going away. We're not just going to go away. We will be a pain in your ass for quite some time. So you might as well just come clean and fix the goddamn thing and let's get past this. It's going to be better for everyone if it goes that way. Nobody has to get hurt over this thing. Seriously. But uh, I just don't see, you know, I don't see it. I think they're all, I think 
Curry's right, man. There's going to be tears. There's going to be tears. We're six days away from the darkest day of the year and the first day of what kicks off our dark winter. And on that day, there's going to be a Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, the Christmas star, they say. Best and brightest one for another 80 years, they say. What does it all mean? Fuck if I know. But I just can't shake the feeling that this water is getting hotter and hotter and hotter each week, man. Each week it's been a little bit more unbelievable. And the pace of things being revealed has been a little bit faster. And uh, they're still just trying to slow walk it. <laughs> I saw oh, Bo Jiden quoted today that uh, uh, Kamala and I will not be giving up our Senate seats <laughs> until the <laughs> election is certified. <laughs> so first of all, the fucking codger thinks he's still in the Senate yet again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And second of all, oh. he's admitting the election's not certified and like it ain't it ain't over yet, you know? I mean, uh Barry didn't wait. No. Barry didn't wait to resign his Senate seat until all the chips had fallen because he knew there wasn't no problem. Well, Mr. Biden knows there's a big fucking problem, so he knows that Kamala needs to keep her Senate seat just in case shit hits the fan. And I, I gotta tell you folks, there's no way to keep the fan shit free. The shit storms are brewing. The shit clouds are thickening. You can hear the shit thunder rolling in the distance. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. Well, the Stop the Steel rallies are still going on in D.C., and there were 33 arrests made this weekend. I'll be goddamned. How about that? Yep. Only four stabbings. 33 arrests of 79 pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? And uh, 33% of Michigan restaurant operators believe they're going to close for good in six months. Well, that's fantastic. You know, there's big time uh, recall coming at old Gretchen Whitmer's ass. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just got approved and passed out of uh, whatever the fuck chamber it Hell passed yeah. out of. Recall Gretchen Whitmer. It's only so much you can pay attention to and do a course, but, you know, try to keep my thumb on the pulse. Uh, Newsom, too, his uh, signature campaign... Uh, for recall is growing. I saw that, and I saw hmm. a judge extended the deadline because of COVID, which is nice. Because otherwise, that shit would already be over. But uh, I think they extended it from sometime mid-November all the way into, like, I want to say May. So it was a big extension. And um, good God, man, if they can recall two fucking governors, that would be incredible. I don't even give a shit who replaces them. You could replace them both with Pee Wee Herman if, for all I care. Just get those idiots out. Out. Because, you know, there's just not any political consequences for people these days. There's no consequences and hardly anywhere. That's another reason why I'm leaning into the steel. You know, I do like Trumpy. He makes me laugh. I think a lot of his stuff is really on point. I, th I think that he's incredibly underappreciated. And he's one of those characters, dude, who it's going to take, like, decades and retrospective to really actually start to get it. To really understand what the fuck's going on with Trump. Because once you once you see what's going on there, I mean, I've brought this up on the show too, but like in 16, Lorian and I voted for uh, Johnson. For Gary Stoneboy. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, we thought it was in the bag for Clinton and that Clinton yeah. Trump was just turd sandwich versus the douche, you know, giant douche, just like every other election cycle. We had no idea. And then when he won, it's kind of like, well, you got to fucking do some backstory and research. And we watched all The Apprentice and I read The Art of the Deal and we looked through Trump stuff. You know, we were like, well, who is this man Trump? Yeah. 
And you go to the source to find out who people are. I mean, it's true with any other artist and uh, personality and celebrity and anybody else. You, like, look up their work, their body of work. You, you know, you can look up what people say about someone else, but it's best just to go to the source, really, for, like, okay, well, what are you putting out? Let's see that, you know? Let's get a look at that. Let's get to know you. And... I mean, I, there's just so much consistency there. Even if you go back to the old 80s Oprah shit, the guy's been saying the same shit for so long. You gotta imagine this game plan has been in place for way longer than any of us can really actually fathom and appreciate at this weird point in time in limbo where we don't even know really what path it's going down. And I gotta say, man, it's just... It's weird to hear people like trying to dissect what Trump's legacy is going to be as though it's like a sunset or like the story is not the story is just like finished being told now. Like there's no way, man. If you know anything about like Trumpy, then he's already just about everything. The deal, the deal's first and then the comeback, the art of the comeback. So I think we're in that comeback stage or we're going to get to it, something like that. And you could even say even if Biden is sworn in on the 20th, the 20th which I still I still just don't see it happening. I still don't think it's going to happen. No matter how many times they'll scream that it's like, uh, you know, what the chances or the odds are. Like, you know, the odds were impossible for like all of the epic hero stories, you know. Yeah. The odds are impossible for getting this fucking country started in the first place when we actually started fighting the British and going to war and shooting people in 1775. So you can, like, bellyache about the odds and about, like, nothing ever happens and it's just, you know, it usually goes this way, but we're not not in usual times. None of this is precedented shit. All of this is completely out of the beaten path. So if that's all you can say is that, well, it doesn't usually happen this way, then, like... That's just not convincing. That's a baseless me. claim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Without evidence. They keep saying this Biden guy has it in the bag. I'm just not I'm just not convinced yet, man. Me neither. I wouldn't count Trumpy out. I mean, honestly, the guy is such a brand hog that if he really didn't think, you know, if he really thought that uh, he didn't have a good shot at winning this thing, he would not be fighting this thing. He would retreat and build a better position and fight from the outside or whatever, you know. He'd be prepping for 2024. He'd be, everybody says, oh, he's going to go off and start a media company. He would be doing something like that. He would. But instead, he's like, I mean, tripling, quadrupling down. How many times, you know? How many times does the guy have to say the same thing? And how many times does he say something 12 times and everybody says he's full of shit? And then, you know, turns out like, oh, God, he was right all along. They tapped my wires in Trump Tower. It's a great example. Everybody said he was a dumb fuck. And then the New York Times is like, yeah, well, there was surveillance, though, on on uh, Trump Tower. He was right about that. And Snopes is like, well, they didn't tap into uh, physical wires. Hello. That's false, clearly. How about uh, the medical community saying it was impossible to get a vaccine out? Impossible. Before the end of yeah. the year. Yeah, every time, we are. every time he said we're going to have Shots out and delivered before the end of the year. Everyone's like, ah, it can't, can't be done. It can't be done. And uh, it, it is being done, you know. Un- unfortunately, in my opinion, I think that's fucking horse schwaggle, but whatever. But it's I'm- still experts, zero. Trump, winning. Trump just keeps <laughs> being right. So, like, in, I'm just I'm just looking at the track record saying it's kind of silly to just go out and doubt him. Versus 
you know, who's on the other side, the mainstream media and all of the fucking establishment 30 plus year career politicians. Like, okay, I'm not going to just side with them and believe their shit. That's for sure. That's for sure. They're the ones that almost are always lying. So why the fuck would I believe that? Come on. Come on, people. Enough with the doom and gloom shit. I mean, they they said right at the end of the election, 78 days of hell, right? We're on like 48, 49, something. Something like that. We're not like nearing the finish line yet. Still got over a month of this shit show, dude. Over a month. Do you know how long that is politically? Fuck, dude. That's a while. You're just getting started this week. Seriously, in earnest. That's what I'm seeing anyway. That's what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? I'm seeing that, uh... People in Ontario are being ticketed for gathering in private. Oh, Jesus Apparently, Christ. 33 tickets were issued over the, this past weekend in Ontario. Well, they know how to round up the right motherfucking number of people, don't they? Right? I don't Thir- understand. So then they put it in the story, like, 33 people got tickets in four businesses. So that's 37 total oh, tickets. Oh, but they separated but they them out. they used it, yeah, so that they could have 33 in the headline. So they could get that 33. Which I do think is interesting. Uh, they also had a snippet in this article um, talking about a business in Toronto that had like almost 40 people in it after midnight on Sunday. Um, and so they were ticketed in the mayor of Toronto. This John Tory guy calls the behavior grossly irresponsible and has a quote, quote, I am going to suggest we should make the name public because I think anyone who is that irresponsible as an owner not only should be facing their day in court, and not only be given the maximum fine as well, but they should be shamed. And I'm just like, Ugh, this shame porn, this fear porn that goes along with the lockdowns, it's just so gross. I mean, I think that that person, that business should be touted as a hero. Yeah, you, you should know? be. You should be shamed, buddy. It's a real kick in the knackers, bro. Just a real ouchie, bro. It doesn't work like that. People. I think people say, "Yeah, you go, Glen Coco. <laughs> Good job letting those people." drink on a Sunday night in your establishment. Yeah, man. I mean, especially here, that's the American spirit of like, fuck the rules, we're going to party. Fuck the rules, we're going to party. That is the American way, (laughs) okay? And if you try to get in our way for too long, I mean, we've been too goddamn nice about the shit. That's the problem. Way too nice. That's the problem. Complicit. And the dude in Staten Island making that video was totally right. If they fear you, then they aren't going to fuck with you. But... We've let them get away with so much bullshit over the years that it's just like they they don't think they can get away with anything. They know they can get away with anything. Not like, anything. Everything. Well, I mean, our parents just let let them walk all over everyone. <laughs> Shame on you, our parents' generation. Mom and dad, <laughs> you got some splendid to do. <laughs> My parents yeah. bought a fucking house they couldn't afford in 2004. Five right before the Ooh. bubble popped, <laughs> they said, "Hey, get this mortgage, and you can pay just interest without paying any principal, and like it's okay because oh your gosh. property values are increasing. Look at this chart; it's like just gonna keep going up and up and up. There's no end to this thing." <laughs> yeah, and then they got fucking foreclosed on, filed bankruptcy, all that good shit. It was fantastic. It was awesome. They were one of millions of people who got fed the same scam you know and who gets bailed out the fucking banks yeah (laughs) the banks making those bad crooked ass deals get bailed out and everybody else has to go fucking chapter eight good luck good luck nice knowing you figure it out yourself 
figure it out. Incredible. I was fucking 14, you know? So when you're 14, you think, oh, well, you know, that sounds kind of dumb, but what do I know? I'm 14. My parents ought to know better than that. I don't fucking know nothing. I'm just 14. Fuck, I didn't even know what weed looked like back then. Dang. Yeah, I was just a baby. Around that same time, weren't you telling your dad to invest in Apple stocks? I watched Steve Jobs give the original iPhone presentation the day that it happened. And I said, Dad, put a bunch of fucking money in Apple. Like, now. Do it. And he said, you're probably right. And did nothing. Oh. Fucking A, man. I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? Meh. My mom's dead, so. (laughs) You know, it's like another failure of that generation. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Well, she's dead. Well, she's dead. Shit. Yeah. Suicide with a to-do list in the car. Hmm. (laughs) I'm not sure. Smells like hot tuna to me. (laughs) Hot tuna in the desert. Hot tuna in the The goddamn desert. tuna. On Hog Story last night. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait for Hot Tuna to come out. That was the hottest Hog Story I've heard in a while. Hell yeah. If you guys aren't listening to Hog Story, you're making a big mistake, friend. And we'll be in the smoker. New Year's Eve. That's right. New Year's Eve, you gotta join us. Bulls in the smoker. John. Carolyn. Thank you, darling. Yes. We will be uh, with the Hogaroos. There's no doubt about it. They were going hog wild. And it's gonna be a fantastic time. Oh, yeah. We'll be going hog wild. And before that, we are actually going to pull the trigger on something we've been teasing for a while. Bowls with buds. Woohoo! Because we know that you love sitting down on Tuesday nights and just hanging out in the bowl with us. No pressure, just relaxing. It's great, it's fun, it's whatever. But it all also kind of gets a little bit routine, you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing over and over again. So we wanted to break it up a little. Do something fun, do something different. A little bit. And so we figured, uh, Hog Story, we appeared on Hog Story earlier in the year, and that got us back into the whole pod game, the podcasting uh, situation yet again after like a five-year hiatus. And so who better to kick off Bulls with Buds than uh, with John and, and, and Carolyn? I think it would be just fitting, proper, total pottery. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing that. The day after Christmas on the 26th. All right. It'll be a Saturday. So 26th of December, uh, Bulls with Buds. And then 31st of December, New Year's Eve party on Hog Story. That's a Thursday night. It's going to be a fantastic holiday week kind of thing going on, you guys. You're getting excited. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll all be saying Merry Christmas. That's right, we will. We'll be saying Merry Christmas. We're already saying Merry Christmas. Listen, you motherfuckers. You got to listen. I was just reminded of the season's greetings card we got. Oh? Did I miss it? No, no. Oh, it didn't say Merry Christmas the and you got punny, an ass blast. No, the punny one. It was a photo of uh, some people in a oh, spice cabinet. yes. And it said season's greetings and I didn't get it. And you were like, like spice, like a seasoning. And I was like, yeah, but it should say seasonings greetings yeah. then because season is a verb, like two seasons something. I just didn't hit it for me. And then I was asked what my opinion on it was. And I just sent a gift back of Winnie the Pooh doing some fail puns. Because I was like, I don't know how to politely. Like, this is someone who's very sensitive. I was like, I don't know how to politely tell you that sucked, dude. Like, It's terrible when like, the, there's a person who's sensitive 
but then they're also begging for your feedback. But oh, then yeah. you're like, you know, you can't lie to them and tell them it's good. Even though that's, but that's the only thing they they're want. asking from you. They're just like, tell me it's good. Tell me it's good. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I did it good. Tell me. It reminds me of a therapist episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Sweet D is going through that. It's the perfect. And she goes, tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. No, but really, tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. It's tell the- me I'm good. And finally the therapist breaks and is like, fine or whatever. You're like, you're, you're not good. You're awful. And just gets out of there. I don't remember how it ends, but... I don't either. Oh, I hope I don't blow my top off during the family Christmas shenanigans. No. I'll just kindly explain that it should have been seasonings. <laughs> that was a big thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got hung up on that one. I am thankful no one has sent mask photo Christmas cards. Yeah, that no would masks. That would be stupid. No masks yet. No, no, no. I have no to mask. send him a fucking change of address for him if I get him. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. Like, I think I moved as far as you're concerned. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You want to go behind the curtain? Shit, I thought you never asked. Oh, I didn't know you were waiting for me. Yeah, I got to pull my hair back so I don't suck in these fucking beads. There you go. Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'm always the one suggesting going behind the curtains. I figured, You're waiting yeah. for me today, I figured huh? I'd let you take us back there. Ladies first tonight, eh? I mean, we haven't even <laughs> technically hit the hour point. We're already behind the curtain, so you know it's going to be good to be Oh, night. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, um, another cannabis prisoner was released Ooh. this past week. Hallelujah. Um, he was serving apparently the longest sentence for weed. The longest sentence for It was weed. a 90-year sentence. Huh. For just, uh, let's see. So the longest, like, non-life sentence, I guess? I guess, yeah. That's a good catch. Yeah. Well. Did Jeff have life? Was Jeff sentenced to life in prison? Jeff was sentenced to life with no parole, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. What if this is the longest sentence remaining? See, what if he we've was, gotten he a lot was of life in there out? for 21 or two years. Yeah, 21 years. We got him out. We got him out. <sighs> yes. Have we released that episode of Bull After Bull? Our Jeff interview? Um, there's a video interview that I've never put oh, out. Oh, we didn't put it on a podcast. From we just prison. teased it. But, uh, yeah, I never put it out. I still got it. Yeah, should that was probably wild. chop it up and we should do something with it someday. Huh? Yeah, and our cannabis cup footage. <laughs> oh, that's old, too. I saw you had some of those files on your computer the other day. Looking through old stuff. Yeah. Getting, all my, sh- getting all my shit off Google, mainly, because... Oh. Who knows how the fuck long that'll be around. Yeah, if you have any stuff on a Google Drive or Google Photos or, you know, local backups, I mean, you should be doing that the whole time, but now is the fucking time to go grab that shit because you don't know. It ain't, you know, it could be gone by the end of the week for all fucking we know. We have no idea what's going on. No. So get this shit backed up. And if you're extra super smart, like super smart, you'll put it on a solid state hard drive and put it in a Faraday bag just in case. Fuck, EMP attacks, solar flares, there's all sorts of shit going on, I don't even know. Gotta be prepared, man. Yes, the cloud is not a backup. Duodenum is correct. The cloud is not a backup. So if you don't have it stored locally on like a physical device that you could plug into something not connected to the internet... If you can't plug it into a laptop that has no internet connection and read your files, then you don't have it stored. Somebody else has it stored, and you have to ask fucking permission for it. <laughs> you have to send a request and get a response for it. And that's just no good. And that's called uh, doing it wrong. That's what that's called. Yeah. 
So anyway, Richard DeLisi, he was in prison in Florida, arrested in 1989 when he was 40 years old for trafficking. It, that appears to be his only um, charge, I guess. And then uh, it says that typical sentences in that time period for similar um, trafficking charges were 12 to 17 years, and he got 90. Hmm. And so some of these... Uh, reporters talking to him were asking him why he thought that was and i guess he had moved to florida from new york and he's also like an italian with a super thick accent so he thought that the judge was like assuming he was part of a larger criminal network you know he said the judge was a racist basically (laughs) no Uh, But anyways, while he was in prison, uh, his wife died, Mm. his 23-year-old son died, uh, one of his daughters was in a horrific car accident that led to a paralyzing stroke, and he had two grandchildren who he wasn't able to meet. God damn. So when he got out this past week, they were all there, and he got to meet his 11-year-old and 1-year-old granddaughters for the first time. Well, that much is nice, at least. And I just I love watching those videos where the family is all there. And it's just like, ah, free. Free at last. Yeah, that was like, the honestly, the, w- w- with Jeff Mazansky, when he got out and then we just went to like a diner for breakfast with his whole extended family. So there was like 30 people in there. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it was his first breakfast as a free man. And it was just crazy. And then we went out to have a cigarette and he gets up against the wall to have his cigarette. And then he's like, you know, in jail, this is how you smoke. And I'll probably never be able to just like stand around smoking. He's like, if you have a cigarette, you have to get up against the wall and smoke with your back against the wall. Cause then, you know, you know, like can't be snuck up on and shit. Like he's like, people come up and just take advantage of you if you show any vulnerability at all. So anytime you're in the yard and you have a cigarette, you lean up against the wall like this, just like as a defensive mechanism. Like fuck, think, think of living that way. Twenty one mm. years for a fi- for some weed, yeah. or some weed. He got a he got in there on a three strikes charge, so it was his third weed bust. Yep, fucking incredible, dude. Yeah, it was incredible, and he also wasn't getting any medical treatment. He had this tumor growing on his arm. Mm-hmm. Nothing looked. That big was horrendous. Mm-hmm. But he got taken care of once he got out. Yep, and he was pretty well taken care of. Uh, by the cannabis community after that. Definitely. High yeah. times flew him around and stuff, so Yeah, he did like some speaking. I mean you can't make stuff. up that last time though. Right. You know? Yep. But he's a good dude. Jeff Mazansky. Yeah. The family of uh Richard Delisi there, how much money do you think they spent in attorney fees and collect calls? Thirty three thousand. Three hundred and thirty thousand. Oh my god. Yeah. Missing a zero. Yeah, over the years they spent two hundred and fifty thousand on attorney fees and eighty thousand dollars in collect calls. Holy shit! What was the headline subtitle? Three hundred thirty thousand spent for inmate finally released. <laughs> they love it, dude. It's the magic number. They're just addicted to putting that in the headline or the lead or so. It's got to be in there. It's got to be in there. That's right. Listen, kid, we loved your story, but we just noticed there's no thirty three stat anywhere. Can you wait? Did you find something? Could you dig? Did you ask around? Is anybody 33 years old? Did you read that book, How to Lie with Statistics, like Bill Gates has suggested to us all? (laughs) Sure, it's in there. It's got to be in there. Did you go to university? They'll tell you, too. Aren't you smart, you fucking retard? (laughs) Uh, The University of Mississippi 
was awarded basically renewal of its federal contract to keep growing weed for federal research purposes. We talked about this last week, I'm pretty sure. Yes. About the federal patients who get tins of joints from the federal government. That's right. Wild. I guess, uh, and it makes sense, but other researchers, researchers have tried obtaining permission to grow federally, and it just hasn't been granted. Surprise, surprise. So, I mean, University of Mississippi, one and only. Yeah, that's the... Uh... Oh, yeah, you've got your Irvin Rosenfeld book, My Medicine. Mm-hmm. Signed copy, right? Yep, yep, yep. Signed by Irv and Rayla. <laughs> yeah, Rayla scribbled on this too, didn't you? But not on the signed page. He yep. wrote you a note, too. I hope That's you nice. enjoy my book. Keep up all your good work. Be well. Be Irv well. Rosenfeld. Yes, there was 13, 13 patients in this uh, medical, the federal medical, medical marijuana program. And as of 2010 of this publication, there was four. There were four left. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's down more, too. I think it's down to two. I think it's down, yeah. It's Irvin. So I know L, the L, was her name Ellie or Elsie? She had passed away in the years since this book came out. But yes, it's a crazy little system. And Irv, what, he had some bone cancer or some... Yeah, he had a, he had bone tumors... His condition was, like, super, super painful. So he smokes, like, ten joints a day or something. I guess he has to. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, a kind of guy that doesn't get high. Like, he's never... He's not stoned. Yeah. He's just, like, no longer in pain. In pain. It's, it's really wild, actually. It's crazy. It helps. Yep. Stick yeah. what on, I said. And to be honest with you, when I first got into the old uh, weed movement and the, heard the medical stuff, I was just kind of like sure fuck it medical weed like whatever can get it done you know like i didn't really believe in it i was just like oh that's a great excuse to like legalize it sure whatever we can get but when i met people in person like irv or like when in joplin we met the fellow that cured his uh tumors yeah this guy had skin tumors across his arms right and then he used uh uh wanted to mention in the chat rick simpson oil rso sometimes called phoenix tears it takes the plant and it smashes the uh, resin out, so you need a, like a shitload of buds, big big amounts, and then you press it and get this super tarry extraction. It's like the messiest shit you can imagine. Um, RSO, uh, Phoenix Tears, that stuff can be eaten. That stuff can be uh, applied topically. In this case, the dude just rubbed it on his tumors directly onto the skin. Oh yeah, it's sticky as Christ. It's it's like. Super thick, almost jet black. Stuff is nasty, but it does the trick. He said his tumors are getting smaller and smaller. And so, you know, he was improving and he told his doctor about what was going on. And his doctor, like, freaked out and was like, oh, you got to stop doing that. Can't be doing that. So the guy stops doing it and his tumors grow back. Mm. Like, started growing back again. So he said, ah, fuck it. He stopped going to the doctor. Went back to making RSO, putting it on the arm. And uh, the tumors, he said, they shriveled up to the point where they were, like, loose. Like, and so he just pulled them out. He said he, like, lifted them up out of his arm. They had, like, a gnarly little root on the bottom. And he just pulled them right out of his fucking arm. Yeah, and so... You could see, like, the pock marks from them, too. Yeah, and now he's just got little, like, scars of divots where his tumors used to be. And he doesn't have no problems. Doesn't have no problems. Because of plants. Because plant medicine. It's pretty simple. Because it helps. 
It helps, dude. <laughs> it just helps. It just so, helps, dude. Yep. University of Mississippi still growing the weed for uh, the two remaining federal patients and for any research that goes on. And they've been growing it federally with this federal contract through the National Institute on Drug Abuse since 1968. Yep. Wild. Wild. Super wild. Super wild. Also in Massachusetts, Governor Charlie Baker signed the state budget into law last week, now allowing dispensaries to sell hemp products. Apparently, they needed a special allowance to sell hemp products in weed dispensaries. Oh, my goodness. Only Just come here where it's 50 state legal. <laughs> right, I know. Well, only a dozen states allow marijuana dispensaries to sell hemp products, despite the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill. I'm not sure why it gets so dicey when you're mixing weed with hemp products, uh, but I'll have to look into that more. Um, the only stipulation is that Massachusetts dispensaries can only get their hemp products from state farmers and manufacturers who are licensed by the Department of Agricultural Resources. Any hemp products made in other states will be forbidden. Well, shit. So, none of that good old Missouri hemp going out to the east coast most fun is illegal boston at least yeah seriously crazy crazy but i guess uh massachusetts hemp farmers they got the market all to themselves i wonder if there was a (laughs) i was gonna say an equity stipulation on becoming a hemp farmer (laughs) (laughs) you gotta be at least this fucking broke to start your own business (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> no, you just have to be certain that you are uh, an equity applicant, and we will not define that. So if you're not sure, do not apply. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure I'm an equity applicant. No doubt in my mind. No doubt on the form either. Do you have any weed stories? I don't have any weed stories other than the ones I kind of insert. Oh, well, those are great. Inserted I'm just talking about, well, I guess, weed news. I, but didn't, I didn't have any in my, those in are my, my queue. Those are my three uh But I did have a, a great first time I ever topic that we were going to talk about today, which was the first time I ever smoked a cigarette. Heck yeah. We've been getting a little splish splash comments in and out. In fact, cool. this is the time, this, uh, this is the first time we ever <laughs> got uh, comments in this many forms, because we got... I've got NOS uh, notifications talking about first time I ever, at least in in passing. NOS. I've got like that. I've got some voicemails. I've got OnlyFans comment. In fact, yeah. Uh, from the German who says the German uh, producer. He says I can't tune in live because I live in Germany. Time zone thing. But the thing nobody ever tells you about smoking is that there's a technique. When I started smoking, I would just hold the smoke in my lips and breathe in. It took me a long time to realize that it works much better if you draw the smoke into your mouth first and inhale thereafter. Ah, yes. The smoothness and the uh, style with which you inhale and draw in the smoke, it's uh, once you figure out your style, man, it can be life-changing. I always like to do the cloud. That was one of my favorite, like, stoner tricks. You know, it's like where you take it all in your mouth and then you kind of open your mouth and that thick cloud comes out. But then you like just suck all that cloud in real quick. It just looks really cool. But uh, personally, I'm the French inhaler. I just do. I just prefer it. I think yeah. it's more comfortable. 
I think it kind of cools the smoke down as it goes from your mouth to your nose. I think it looks tight, and I've fucking been doing that since very, very early on. Probably after the first time I saw somebody do it, I was like, oh, I'm gonna try that. And then it just feels so nice, and you get such a deeper inhale, but it's almost like uh, you get to reoxygenate the smoke, you know? So you feed it through up there with the with the nose passage. It's fucking nice. Yeah. You do uh you do end up getting some res boogers eventually. <laughs> yeah. With the French inhale method. Oh, but- especially if you're like hitting like nasty blunts, and then you just have like you know if you smoke oh, two yeah. or three blunts, dude, you're gonna be picking res boogies. It's just a it just comes with the territory. Yeah, but remember at the beginning of the show that guy said that the coronavirus uh, lives and breathes breeds in your nose, and so what That's if the true. resin, the res boogies kills. The Rona. It sounds good enough for fact for me. Uh, you heard it here first. Res boogers kill the Rona. Yeah. There you go. Weed. That's just a fact. Our medicine. Because it helps. Snopes can suck my dick. <laughs> and uh. my stick. <laughs> uh, yes. Ah, uh, stick. Impenetrable weed boogies. Can't ever fucking go wrong with it. Uh, what about a voicemail? All right. Seems like a good time for a voicemail. Hey, Lion Helm here. I missed it last week, so here's my first camping experience. Oh, nice. I went out with my mom and one of her high school friends, actually, back in, I want to say it was like three, maybe two. Getting them early. I don't know. I was really young. We went to uh, Boonville, California, and we went to this campsite, and that was mid-potty training. So (laughs) we were there with her friend's two sons and my brother, or her, her friend's son and daughter. Yeah, that was it. And, uh, I've been taught to go, but I hadn't been taught to wipe. So my third son taught me through the door, telling me verbally, and that's how I learned to wipe my ass. Fuck yeah. Camping. <laughs> nice. Camping. Camping, wiping asses. All, you know, vital knowledge, really, if you're going to be a, a, a real kick-ass human. You can't just be, like, half-assing it through life. you got to know some stuff. That's a bad motherfucker who knows how to tie good knots. Thank you, Lionhelm. It's always good to hear from you. The scoop method. Scoop the poop. <laughs> yes, yes, a valuable lesson. Lessons were learned and uh, kids were enlightened. See, we lift each other up, you know, with knowledge and through uh, epic communication. We're able to teach each other and, you know, we, we better each other. And better yourself and better those around you. And betterment. You go too long behind the curtain, you start making up words and shit, so you can't go too crazy. And betterment? Embettermentism. Oh. Embettermentarianism. Embettermentally. The embettermentarianist party <laughs> of the United States of America. But they'll steal their votes, so they shouldn't even bother running. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, we have another one on camping. This is great. I love the ones where you're catching up. Um, and actually, I wanted to check the chat. Check the chat. Oh, fuck. That's check my own fault because I'm an asshole and an idiot at the same time. The camping is still the topic in the chat. Oh. So I didn't update it. But that's good because we're still talking about camping too. Um, camping and smoking cigarettes, they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Go ahead, caller. Oh, I think, uh, I think he's hitting it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> first time. Yep, he hit it. Everyone camping was back when I was in the fucking scouts, man. Yes. We, they hiked our asses all up around this island called Angel Island. Angel and there are all these people playing volleyball and having a great time, and we were all <laughs> hauling fucking 50 pounds of gear each. <laughs> we were just going miles and miles uphill. And, you know, 
Kevin used to be harder because the, the bags used to not be able to fit the stuff that you could fit in them, like the sleeping bags and the tents. Yeah. The sleeping bags especially. Oh, like, God. You had to wrap that shit up real tight to fit it in the bag. Nowadays, mm -hmm. when you buy a sleeping bag, now nowadays they invented bags that fit the whole sleeping bag. It's wild, right? So that was a great innovation in camping technology that they developed. Camping's always getting fucking cooler. I got a sweet REI bedroll that will just work for every single occasion ever. There you go. Camping has become fun now. Uh, once they start letting you do it again. I don't know. Anyway, in the smoking. In, in, the, in the bowl. Smoking in the bowl. Yeah. In the, in the bowl, smoky with the smoker right. bowl, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's how you know it's working. Hell yeah. <laughs> Can't even tell where you are. Look around and you just see nothing but smoke. You're like, fuck. <laughs> smoky ears. Must be in the smoker. There. The bowl of smokers <laughs> and smoking bowls in the bowler. I don't fucking know where I am either. Yes, camping. Man, when I was in the Scouts, we did popcorn sales because that's what you do. Um, and if you ever look, if you ever buy uh, popcorn from a poor-ass Scout, you'll see on the order form it says 72% stays local. And um, the reason it says that is because there's a split. The money goes three different places. So the not 72% goes to, there's a tiny bit that goes to national BSA, and then there's the tiny cut that the popcorn company makes that actually makes a product. Trails in. Uh, well, at least at the time it was. I don't know. Scouts are so fucked these days. I don't know what they're doing. But uh, when I was in, it was Trails in Popcorn. And um, of that 72%, it was split pretty evenly. A portion of that went to your council. In my case, the Heart of America Council, just down the street from me now. And then the rest went to the troop. And so the troop portion, it was kind of each troop did it differently. But it was whatever the troop bylaws said, you know, the uh, whatever you call that, the committee troop committee would meet and decide the bylaws and how all that money gets divvied up well my troop um when my parents got in um they and a few other leaders had lobbied for a system where the troop portion of your scout popcorn earnings is put into your own individual scout account and so you can then spend that money uh basically each kid earns his own troop chunk however much he sells he gets into an account and you can spend it on anything Scout-related. So that means hmm. you can buy anything at headquarters, uh, which they sold camping gear as well as patches and merit badge books and all the Scout shit you need. You can pay dues with it. You can pay for campout fees with it. You can, you know, I mean, your troop has to get meal for the weekend, so everybody chips in 10 bucks. Your Scout account can pay for that, et cetera, et cetera. There was like a little loophole where once a year when you went down to summer camp you could withdraw spending money to go to camp of any amount, like no questions. Uh -huh. So you could kind of slush fund it at summer camp. Then you get you get one free withdrawal a year, basically, which was dope as fuck because I sold the balls off some popcorn. I was the top salesman in the council the first two years I did it. So I think the first year I hit like $4,092 or something like that. In your savings account? No, that was the total sales. Oh, okay. So, so thirty, but I mean thirty-four. <laughs> I want to say thirty-four percent. That's of a that, lot 36, of popcorn. Might have been thirty-six percent of that. So it was like you know sixteen, seventeen hundred bucks. Yeah. Got input into my scout account, so I was always set. And the first year I ever got that f influx of cash in my account, I bought a mummy bag, and that shit changed my life. I had always had the 
roll-up bag that, you know, it's like Lavish was saying, the bag's too fucking, the sleeping bag's too big for the bag that it's supposed to go in. And so you just put a belt around the fucking sleeping bag as it's rolled up, and that's, like, how you store it, because you threw the bag away long ago, because it's worthless. With the, with the mommy bags, they came with these stuff sacks. So it's just, like, instead of rolling the sleeping bag up, you just put the tip in, and then you just keep jamming that shit in there, just stuffing it, stuffing it, stuffing it until it fits. And then you cinch it down and it gets even smaller. It was crazy. He's right. Like the bags that they come with now, it's just like, we're so spoiled, man. So spoiled. Kids will never know. I know, man. They won't. <laughs> they won't. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. That's I pretty did cool. get a. I love these camping voicemails coming in. No agenda social notification. Oh, yeah? Would love to share my smoke smoking story details, but it's past my bedtime. Think dazed and confused. Laughing but not kidding. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever seen LBNK used uh, somewhere. How effective is a acronym if you have to use the acronym and then explain it in a follow-up mm. immediately? I always think. But, I think but now cute. we know. Laughing but not kidding, because that's a unique uh, situation that... Probably could be used more often, you know? Yeah. It's like, ha, 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 but I'm serious, though. Like, <laughs> I, I know. It's okay, perfect. Like, I know that sounds funny, but, uh, <laughs> yes. There was a comment before that one, though. John from Florida. Oh, from was there? About the first time you ever smoked a cigarette, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Started smoking, third or fourth grade. Wow. So, <laughs> eight or nine years old. Definitely first inhaled cigarettes at 10 years old. Quit at 45 years old. Smoked weed from 14 to 18 years old a lot. More recently, it just makes me tired and hungry. Suppose I should do more research to find the right stuff. Yes, yes. Well, you know, you could. Um, there's also this controversial opinion I have that, I mean, it's not for everybody. Smoking weed's not for everyone. And people, sometimes I get that kind of like, people are like, well, you know, but it just makes me, uh, like I get, it makes me tired or it makes me, some people say it like my dad. He's like, it gives me too paranoid. Paranoia. People get too paranoid. I kind of like, okay, I don't like the paranoia, but I don't like, it's not a deal breaker. It's not like uh, detrimental to me. It doesn't shut me down. It kind of gives me that feeling of being alive, you know? Like a rush. Like how a rabbit must feel pursued by the wolf, you know? It's just like. <laughs> I don't like this feeling, but it is confirmation that everything is in its proper place. You know, it's like the universal order is still in motion and therefore it's not a bad thing either. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I welcome the anxiety and the like impending doom and like uh, the fear of death because it's a strong and powerful motivator. And in that sense, I don't mind it too much. I don't know. I also don't get like super paranoid anyway. If that stuff kind of comes at me, I can relax out of it. Must be fucking nice. I can let the thoughts <laughs> go. I can like observe them, and it's sort of like meditation, you know, where you yeah. you let the. It's not that you stop the thoughts or you silence the thoughts. You just are you allow yourself to detach from them because they are a thought. You know, they are they are thoughts, and you are a person. You don't pay attention to them thoughts. No. Yeah. Acknowledge and release. Yeah, and just watch them float by like the thoughts they are. They'll, they'll probably come back again, or they might not. But uh, if you try to, like, squash them, they'll get bigger. And then if you, like, worry over them, they also get bigger. And if you ignore them, well... 
if you ignore them, it could come back to fuck you too. Yeah, so it's not you like you could ignore them. It's not like you should ignore them necessarily. Just observe them. Formulate a plan and then attack. Praying mantis. Wait for the moment. Then seize it. Carpe cricket. Carpe seize the cricket. cricket. Have a snack. Oh, you want to hear about the first time I ever smoked a cigarette? I do indeed. Okay. I I must have been real little. I was in private school still, which means it was before third grade. I was living with my great-grandparents, and my papa, my great-grandpa, Korean War vet, he smoked a pack a day, and uh, everyone around him would talk about how he shouldn't do that and how it's going to kill him, and yada yada. And he told me the whole time, yeah, my doctor said I'm not going to live to see you graduate third grade, blah, blah, blah. Well, one of our favorite things to do together would be to sit on this swing on our screened-in porch that he had built off of, like, the walkout basement at their house. And he would just tell me war stories. And he'd just go on and on, just smoke cigarette after cigarette while I'm sitting on his lap. So finally, he was just like, do you want to try it? And I was like, I mean, like I said, <laughs> probably, like, six, seven. <laughs> like, I was a pretty fucking young dude. And I was just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, who's going to say no to that? Especially when people that are really annoying are like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, well, you're really annoying, so shut up. So anyway, I uh, I did not, I pulled a Bill Clinton. I did not inhale. I just kind of pulled it into my mouth and yep. tasted it and was just like, <laughs> no, I was just like, mm, I don't like it. And he was like, well, good. Then you don't have to worry about all these shitheads coming after you telling you to stop doing it. <coughs> but, you know, I wish I had grabbed that Hank Hill clip of the pleasure it consumes me. <laughs> he picks up a cigarette again for the first time. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed a social, a so- smoshel, a social smoke. Smosher choke. Smoshers. Yeah. But... I've never felt like I, I guess there's been feelings of like, yeah, I really need a cigarette right now. Uh, but anytime I want to like put them down and not smoke for a while, I don't have to. Yeah. Like I get bad allergies. I don't like smoking during allergy season. <laughs> smoking cigarettes. Yeah. For me, uh, I'm kind of the same way. I've never really needed one. I've, I've, there's plenty of times where I've been like, boy, I could use a cigarette though, you know, like. Oh Yeah. It'd be fucking nice. Sounds dude. nice. Sounds fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. <laughs> yes. The uh, first time that I ever smoked a cigarette, I was working at the grocery store actually. Never was doing cigarettes and stuff, and I finally got a. Uh, I finally got the the chance to actually get a pack of cigarettes like in my hand, you know. Ooh, a full pack. Yeah, a whole pack, but, like, nobody had ever, like, you know, just offered to bomb me one or whatever, and I was always, like, like, I think I told this story before about how I walked away when my cousins were watching Saving Private Ryan when I was a <laughs> yeah. kid, because I was, like, not supposed to watch those movies, you know? Dweeb. So, I was, I was like, not really, like, a peer pressurable kid, ever. But I had decided I was going to see what the fuck was up with a cigarette. Um... The only thing I had smoked ever, because I was super curious when I was like eight or nine or ten, like, you know, stupid young, like that young where you're old enough to do things, but still young that you're stupid as fuck. I was like, well, I wonder what smoking would be like. And I rolled up a piece of uh, printer paper. <laughs> I rolled up a piece of printer paper, like really tightly into like a, a cylinder. 
And then I lit that fucker on fire and drew it in. And I thought I was going to fucking die, bro. It was like, it hurt really bad, dude. It burned. It hurt. I was coughing. I was crying. Tears out of my eyes. And God, it just stunk to fuck. And, you know, that was my only smoking experience ever. I was like, fuck fuck that. Fuck ever smoking anything. How could you smoke anything? Um... Oh, so boy. when I finally got a cigarette in my hand, I was probably like 16, 15 or 16. All you kids are calling in with fucking eight or nine or 10. You were six, he said. Yeah. Man, I was like 16. But I, I was such inhale. a late bloomer inhale. on all of my shit throughout my life. It's actually crazy, like thinking about it. Latest bloomer possible. But I, uh, my parents, were, the house that we lived in, that uh, they had this undeveloped subdivision so ours was the first street that got built we bought new construction and then development stopped when the housing market crashed and so behind my house all the way to the railroad tracks where there were trees around was just open field not you know they were lots that were going to be developed someday and actually today they are but then it was just a huge ass open field and so the grass would get chopped twice a year and bailed up back there but most of the year, it was at least knee-high, you know? Nice, tall grass. Uh, and at this point, it was a little higher. It was probably a, a past belly button high. Pretty tall grass. So I got my SIG, and I went way back into the field. Not way back, but maybe like 10 feet past where my yard stopped and where that tall grass was. And then I just laid flat on my back in that grass so that I was, like, non-existent. Basically, you couldn't see me from anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I laid on my, flat on my back in the grass forest, and I just smoked that cigarette puffing it straight up into the sky well all right yeah that was a fun time i just like it was a challenge to not ash on my own face doing that (laughs) but i managed to not ash on my own face that's good i didn't really feel like much other than like the thrill of doing something you're not supposed to do you know that was kind of like the main feeling i got so then the very next time I smoked, I smoked and then smoked another one and I smoked four cigarettes in a row. Oh. And then I ran well, in and puked in the toilet. <laughs> were you laying on your back again that time? No. In the grass? No, oh. my parents weren't home at that time, so I was just kind of standing outside. Oh. Where and I couldn't then, where I couldn't be seen though. Then barfed. Yeah, then I barfy barfed, man. Then I was like, wow, maybe cigarettes do do things. Can't do four in a row like that back to back. Hey, we got a flood of voicemails. Oh, a flood of voicemails. Okay, well, let's play one. I'm just kidding. It's a trifecta, but still. Hell yeah. The triple threat. Go ahead. I don't go. really remember oh. the very first time I Wait a goddamn camping. second. What are we waiting for? I'm sorry. Did we play that one? Now I'm No. I got confused. I'm we sorry. Did not hear I'm that. starting over. I, I totally had a moment of self doubt that wasn't even real. <laughs> go ahead, caller. Sorry. I don't really remember the very first time I went camping. We went camping a lot when I was a kid. I do remember a few early memories um, from camping. and One of the earliest ones was with um, my mom and my dad, my brothers, and then my dad's brother and his wife, and a couple of his kids, I want to say. Anyway, we were, cre- we were camping by this uh, creek that was from um, oh, the runoff of like a dammed up lake. And uh, there was a lot of cool like cypress trees with the, the knees sticking up out of the ground. So we had to walk for a long time to find a good spot to to put the tent that oh, was yeah. free of uh, cypress knees. Those are a pain in the ass. And um, I remember 
catching a few fish. I remember uh, eating food that my dad had cooked over the fire. And that's it. We uh, we also would go camp at my uh, my aunt's uh, deer lease, uh, but that wasn't really camping. We called it that, but there was like a long house out there that we all just slept in. Nice. That's really all it was. It was just one long room or cabin, whatever you want to call it. We call it the long house. But they'd go out there. They'd go uh, hunt some deer. I was too young to go hunt deer, and plus I couldn't be quiet. You've heard me, right? So they um, <laughs> yeah. would bring back the deer. We'd eat it and, and have a good old time, and it was there'd be a lot of people there because my, my dad's got a big family. Anyway, great times, good times, meat roasted over a fire. And a nice hot flaming stick. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Surely there had to be a stick in there. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! Those are the greatest times. Camping food too. We always did Dutch mm. oven stuff like all the time. Shit, I think my mom bought like three Dutch ovens or something. Three Dutch ovens, because wow. well, I mean, if you're nuts about Dutch oven. Then, like, you can get several things going in different Dutch ovens, you know? Hell like, yeah. you get, like, a stew going in one, and then you get, like, a, I don't know, whatever the fuck your main dish is, and then, like, you've got a cake baking yep. in the third one or something, you know? Dessert. Dump cake. Where do I find the streams? Does he create question? This man needs the stream link. Troll room. <laughs> Troll room. I think it's in the topic, but I don't know how to repaint that. I guess I can put it. Random space and delete in there. There we go. And then the stream... Oh, look at Dwadnam had it too. All right. I just had to figure out how to refresh the uh, chat room topic. And it's linked in there. Tipsy in the bowl. Welcome. hey And we do have a chat link on our website. I think the stream link is on our website too. I think the website might be broken. Icy Grills was showing me a screenshot that looked pretty ugly. Oh, no. It's like it's all there, but... The letters look like dog toots. So I'll have to get on that because, like, that's a thing I do now. Like, yeah. So I should I should fix our shit long ago, but. Dude named Spen. Lo and behold. Halfway to being a Ben. Fucking <laughs> dude in training here. I've got other shit that I'm doing. I got other shit to procrastinate before I procrastinate <laughs> our shit now. There we go. So we got two double shits procrastinating. Very nicely done. I'll Very take a look at it. I'll take a look at it if you need me to. Mr. Caller. There's more. Oh, uh, shit. I thought it was fucking camping this time. That was my fault. Uh, I take 100% of the blame. So, first time I ever smoked a cigarette. Oh, shit. I remember yes. that vividly. Oh, my yeah. older brother smoked cigarettes. And uh, there was, um, we called it the side yard. It was not a yard. It was just uh, where the driveway ended, and there was dirt beside the house that went to the backyard. And um, one of my older brothers had just finished smoking a cigarette, uh, and he only smoked half of it, and he threw it on the ground uh, in this, quote, side yard. And I was, man, I was like 10, and uh, walked over there and saw it still burning on the ground. So I just picked up. I was like, sweet, I'm fucking two now. And... uh Took a drag and didn't cough, and then was like, "Ah, oh, this shit's not so bad, what the fuck? And took an even bigger drag, coughed my fucking head off. Then my mom comes <laughs> out there, and she's like, what are you doing? And I, like, threw it over the fence into my neighbor's yard and, like, ran into the backyard going, like, shit, 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 shit. And that's what I got in trouble for, was cussing. Oh. Uh. 
Of course. That's funny, man. That's epic. That's a vivid one. That's one that like really stuck with you. Covered by the cussing. But yes, I do take 100% of the blame. My foolish ass did not update the FTI topic this week in the lovely IRC chat room. If you ever want to join us live on Tuesday nights, we are always on the Bull After Bull channel at uh, zeronode.net. I myself like to use the Kiwi client because it looks pretty and I'm familiar with it and it stores the No Agenda troll room and other troll rooms, places like the Smoker, places like Sewer Chat. They're all available in there uh, if you use the nice little Kiwi thing. It keeps track of them really nicely and that link is on bullafterbull.com. And we wouldn't be streaming at all if it wasn't for NodeBit. That's correct. So huge thanks. Hat tip. To no bit, no debit. Bold, bold puffs to no debit. No credit, cash only, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yes, for providing us the stream infrastructure. Loving it. Take the joint from Fletcher there. <coughs> oh, shit. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Spark one up. And, uh, oh, we do have one more. All right. From the man himself. Oh, uh, shit, guys. All the cigarette talk had made me remember. And you, you mentioned, like, 10-year-olds and being... Uh, you know, old enough to do stuff, but still young enough to be dumb as fuck. Yep. I didn't get out of that fucking phase till I was like 30 <laughs> fucking years old. When I was in high school still, so probably like 15, 16, um, we would put toothpaste on a cigarette, let the toothpaste dry, and then smoke it. You got a crazy fucking head rush. Wow. Probably why I am so goddamn retarded now. But good news, I'm going to be a pilot soon. A pilot? Hell yeah. I hope you're being serious. Sometimes you can never never know. Are you being serious? Are you going to be a pilot before me? It's on my bucket list. I'm never going to get there because you have to be money. You have to have money. You have to be money. You have to be or have money (laughs) in order to be a pilot. Uh, No, just tarted. Just tarted. That's what it felt like to me as a guy that was making a joke. Very good joke. Idiocracy. Man, smoking some toothpaste. That's fantastic, dude. Do you feel like, uh, does it do things? See, okay, first of all, disclaimer, uh, the bowl after bowl show does not condone the smoking of (laughs) dried toothpaste. But your voicemail makes me want to fucking try it because I've never even heard of that. (laughs) So what did it, you just said it just like a head rush, huh? That's interesting. That's uh, kind of compelling. And don't get me wrong about the the stage where you're retarded. I mean, it's not like I don't still do dumb shit uh, on a frequent basis, if tonight is any indicator of any of that. But I just think, like, the level when you're 8 to 10, like, the level it takes to roll up uh, a piece of computer paper to try to simulate smoking of something, um, that's the kind of retarded I'm talking about. The kind of retarded that has no context, you know? Like, before you get street smart. Like, you have to smoke computer paper before you realize how stupid that is. (laughs) I guess. Uh, Maybe you had to smoke a cigarette before you realize how stupid it was. Well, you know, sometimes you never know till you find out. That's almost always the case. That's what we learn. That's what we learn about that and many, many, many things. Man, my my first full cigarette I smoked, because of course I just tried it. My papa pulled the Clinton, didn't inhale. Oh, yeah. But it was, I had just met you. This was a weekend. The first time I just was like, you know what? I just fucking need a cigarette was the night my papa died. Oh, yeah. And I remember sitting on that slum's porch and I just went through like 
three or four right there. Yeah. But I, it was I like medicine then, just because of the situation. Yeah, that makes sense. He was a definitely a cigarette guy. Yeah. Marlboro Reds. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you see that the Zodiac Killer's code got deciphered? I did see something about that, actually. What did it say? I said, I hope you're having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise, so they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life will be an easy one in paradise death. Strong. Yeah, and there's a whole video on how they deciphered it. That's kind of wild. It is wild. Man, the... Uh, 51 years. Code crack okay. nerds have been going at that thing for since like the moment it came out. 51 years later. It's like the ultimate Cyber crossword film. puzzle. <laughs> Zodiac killing message. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I saw Ted Cruz retweet it and go, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're on to him. For real? <laughs> That's funny. That is funny stuff. And it's going to be a fantastic two weeks coming up being off of class. Oh, it's yeah. Give you a little extra time to do stuff. Yeah, two week vacation. But unlike last time, I'm going to be doing a coding thing every day. All I'll, right. I'll take Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. You know, I'm not a total savage, but every day at least something because I didn't do hardly anything on Thanksgiving break. Plus, we had like a, that track to go through. I didn't even know about it. Uh-oh. So this time we don't have a track to go through. And also all of the projects that I have to close the gap on are clear and spelled out. And I have all my problems solved on it. So Nice. That's where I'm aiming for. That's where I'm headed to. It's going to be great. It's been a great week. That's good. You're having fun? Yes. Yes. We got, and so it was an epic kind of week and a little bit awkward because I got an instructor who, let's just say, I haven't really been clicking with. It's like kind of a communication thing that, uh, or a teaching style thing that just really isn't meeting the basic needs I have as, like, a beginner learner, you know, uh, on a lot of these concepts. And so it's kind of weird because a guy like that who's not really explaining it to you like you're five or like it's your first time around, when you're learning from somebody like that and they ask you if you have any questions about what you just saw, you just kind of, like, you don't even know where to start, you know. It's like, I don't know, can you, like, explain it again from the beginning? Um, cause I can like, I see the code and I can replicate the code and then does the same thing that it does when I copied it, you know, but what does it mean? What is it doing? And what if I change these two or three things, then it breaks. I don't know what it's doing. So finally escalated the situation cause this has been the third week in a row of the same guy. And so it was just kind of like when I found out it was three weeks in a row, I just had to like email some people and just be like, can someone help, please? Yeah, I felt like you had a different instructor every week there for the. Starting out, we did. And uh, I've had repeat instructors, but never twice in a row. Hmm. And then suddenly it's three in a row of the same guy. And so this was the third week of that. And so a different instructor I've never had before, she came in and started teaching today, which is a big help because she's like almost totally the opposite in terms of like. Everything she types out, there's an explanation of what's going on. Even if it's something revisited that might be obvious, she makes sure it's not obvious before moving on. And uh, I don't know. Just all in all, much better learning environment, at least for me. I don't know. Everyone learns differently. Um, But, yes, 
the week is much better now, and I feel really confident going into that break because of that. That's awesome. You're getting all your Night questions cleared up. Night and day better. Yeah. What are you guys working on right now? Oh, uh, we're in the last week of MVC, model view, Models, Views, and Controllers, which is a certain way to build websites, basically. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know what that means. Uh, and more specifically, a certain way to build full-stack web applications, so they implement um, data on the back end that can be turned into different views, and you can see it all pretty on a website. Um, ultimately, you'd want to build an application where you have different logins and say an admin can get in and add data or subtract data. Like say you've got a e-commerce store, you know, so then I'm going to set it up to where I can make this person an admin and they can go in and add all my products and play with the pictures and edit the descriptions. And then I can make other accounts that are users and they can add stuff to the cart and buy it. All that good stuff. So it's it's really interesting stuff, and it's kind of heavy in a lot of different places. But um, now that I'm being taught, uh, I can I can learn. It's fantastic. <laughs> Crazy how that works. I know it seems like a small ask. You like her style. The one thing I will say about them is that they definitely listen to and respond to concerns like that, though. You know, that's they awesome. Didn't, they didn't just let it like. And another thing that's tough is sometimes you have to fight for yourself and sometimes you, sometimes you have to recognize when you're not really getting the full quality of a product and you have to, you know, it's not being a Karen if you go in with love and say, hey, I think there's like something that's not quite meeting the minimum that I need at this point. You know, you just have to make those concerns known because otherwise I can't fix them. But it can be awkward to do that sometimes. It takes some stones, you know, it's not just like uh, something you do lightly or whatever. Yeah, you know. But as a paying uh, customer, yeah. paying student, you know, right? You deserve to. You paid to learn, so. Right. Well, that's what I reminded them, and they were very cognizant of that, which I appreciate very much. Yeah, yeah, they resolved an issue. That's cool. Yes. So all is well in that in that world for sure. Nice. And you, uh, you've talked to some coders. You had that job fair last Thursday, right? That's right. We did so our that first was in between the shows. We did our first job fair. I think we mentioned it was coming up on the last show. Yeah. yeah I got to talk to some recruiters. Uh, there was a lot of no-shows. People said tech problems. I don't know. It was kind of weird because I had, I had made a short list of companies I wanted to talk to, and only two of them were there out of, like, I think I had five on my list or something. So I just talked to whoever would talk to me, basically even if it wasn't really for a position that... Like, there was a couple of help desk positions. That's not really what you want when you know how to make full-stack web yeah. applications. But, you know, I don't mind putting myself out there either. So today I had one from a guy who their company couldn't make it to the fair. So for all of these companies on my short list, my school sent the you know sent them my resume anyway, even though they couldn't make it. And then hmm. this guy actually followed up and got in touch with me. It was cool. It was about a, like a security position, and they just are security consultants that will pick apart any different web applications or whatever you have to try and find security vulnerabilities and do audits of security and penetration testing, that kind of thing. Oh. Yes. So actually, I, I got that. Uh, I talked to that guy even though I thought – there's a different track that deals with sysadmin stuff, and it kind of is more geared towards security in a way. And so I thought, oh, I'm probably not going to be wanted because it's not really a dev position. It's more of a security position. But the guy said that uh, they like um, 
to like guys with dev experiences who would know how to make these apps that they're trying to break. So I don't know. We'll see. He gave me some resources that I need to learn anyway. This was the cool thing I found about that guy today was he was the only recruiter I've talked to so far who literally was like trying to feel me out for my path and also saying, hey, if you're super passionate about security or know a lot about it, then there's like a career path here. Or if you want some resources to learn about security hands-on yeah. and play with some stuff, we can send that to you too. And like, you can contact us again. Like, you know, he was like, ask me for help and stuff, basically. He's like, yeah, you can ask me for like security advice and I'll help you out. And help if you want to learn you. more about security, here's some resources to teach yourself and see if you like it, you know, see if it like sparks joy in you, Marie Kondo kind of stuff. Oh, I was just cool. like, this is awesome that the guy is like, because I've been honest with all the recruiters. I've been saying they, a lot of them ask you, so what are you looking for? And I'm like, hey, this is my first go round of the job interview career part of this track. You know, I'm, I'm looking for what I'm looking for, honestly, is what I'm looking for. I'm trying to figure it out myself. I'm just dipping my toes into the search process. And so he was the first guy that was like honest with me back, you know, <laughs> about like, Hey, we won't, you know, you could have a career here or you could add this to your tool belt in a way without, you know, maybe you feel like it's not your passion career path, but you still want to learn some things. I love that kind of That's stuff because awesome. I'm so jack of all tradesy that I want to do everything myself, including, you know, I could, I could stand to be more secure for sure. And you got to say penetrate. I did. <laughs> you got it in there. I got it in. <laughs> You know it. Hell yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. So anyway, it was a fantastic time. Just like it's been a fantastic time here tonight. Oh. Oh? We mentioned a story earlier. Whoa. When I was talking about oh, the postal right. thefts. You can't let me go without that. That's right. This is a story of a rapper who boasted about his unemployment fraud scheme. And then got arrested. <laughs> this is a great one to go out on, actually. Let's see if it'll keep. There are heroes in every community. Oh, we're not going to listen to a Subaru ad. No way. I think they're going to play a 30-second ad on us. 20-second ad. Yeah, you got to love it. We can delete this part and post it. <laughs> I know. I wasn't going to say anything. We should just anything, keep talking, but, uh, but then I didn't want to hmm. run here out of time. Here comes, here comes. Local rapper Nuke Bizzle bragged about committing unemployment <laughs> fraud in one of his songs. Well, now he's been arrested for exactly that. Investigators say Bizzle, <laughs> whose real name is Fontrell Antonio Baines, used what? multiple stolen mm. identities to file for more than $1.2 million in unemployment benefits. He's facing a laundry list of charges, and if he's convicted, he could face up to 22 years in prison. <laughs> Holy moly. There are so, $1 million in voter fraud. Jesus, 1.2, he said. 1.2 million. <laughs> $1 million in unemployment bullshit. And then you're rapping songs about it. I got a rich on the EVD. That's not the move. Confession the on move. the tracks, bro. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but you did say voter fraud money. Oh, no. <laughs> he made a million dollars on voter fraud. <laughs> <laughs> 
hey, we're behind the curtain. And <laughs> as I get, as this pregnancy rolls are along, I'm going to get more and more retarded. Yeah. It's just the pregnancy brain fog. The pregnancy brain is Catch a real thing. Catch me on it and then just laugh at me and I'll laugh about it too. <laughs> That's great. Well, what do you say we slip on out of here? All right. It's been a great time, as always, in the bowl with you fine people. Join us again next week for another episode packed fresh for you. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I've been Dame DeLorean. And until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. one up. Lock on. Smoke on. Mwah. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. Smoke in a bowl, sir. So when are we smoking some weed? Get me a bottle of whiskey and a bowl. I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. <laughs>